Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. It's your host, Alicia Carlson. Here we talk all things food freedom, fitness, and life transformation. It feels really good to be here with you today. I hope that you're having a great day. Um, my day is off to actually a pretty good start. The husband the husband, the hubby husband, has been gone for, gosh, I think about two weeks, and we have another two weeks to go. So we are definitely all hanging in there and waiting for dad to get back. I'm super excited to be bringing the topic that we're going to be talking about today because it's not something that I think is really overly talked about inside the health and fitness slash wellness space. Um, It's not even really something that a lot of people know about or is really even on their radar. I actually didn't know about it myself until I was really kind of in the middle of dealing with it in my own journey with food primarily, but I saw this definitely bleeding out into the way that I behaved with exercise, my weight, my body, and it really did kind of creep into every single area of my life. But of course, even in the midst or kind of at the height of that for myself, I still didn't really see it as a big problem, like, or this big deal, right? I didn't see it as something that I needed to fix or that I needed to work on. I guess you could say that I was maybe a little bit blind to it or just resistant to wanting to recognize that I was struggling in this area, Um, really just like wanted to avoid it, right? I think I knew deep down that I had this problem or that something didn't seem quite right, but I didn't want to face it. I didn't want to deal with it at the time because truthfully, there was still such a part of me that was enjoying getting the results that I was getting around my body, about having it look a certain way, all the compliments that I was getting, even though there were definitely aspects of my life that kind of felt like they were crumbling. So this really is something I think that we all kind of like to do, right? It's like we know deep down that something is off or something isn't quite right in our lives or that maybe the way that we're doing things doesn't really align with our core values or our priorities or the things that matter most, but we kind of just keep going on with it because it's the most familiar or it's the most comfortable way to kind of keep doing things, even if it is creating all sorts of problems in our lives or all sorts of discomfort that kind of keeps coming up, right? It's like this uh, woolly, scratchy comfort blanket that we keep kind of holding on to for the comfort, even though it's not really comfortable. I know that's kind of a silly picture, but um, that's just something that kind of comes to mind when I think about these things in my own life. It's like, I have these things that feel so secure, feel so comfortable, even though they're causing a lot of pain, a lot of problems. So as many of you know, I had a stint probably about nine or 10 years ago where I competed in figure shows. Now, if you're not familiar with that, the best way that I can describe it is it's sort of as like a pageant in swimsuit and heels. Now, I definitely don't want to discount the hours of training and the hard work that goes into that sport or really getting ready for a show. And I definitely would not take back my experiences for anything. I learned so much about discipline, about self-control, about persevering, about pushing myself beyond what I thought I was currently capable of. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for even the hard experiences that came out of that season because it taught me a lot. And truthfully, it's where it's part of the reason I'm where I'm at right now. And so I want you to think about that even in your own life. Like I think so often we want to just scratch all of the painful experiences of our past or all the mistakes that we made or all the failures. 
But those can be such great opportunities to learn from and to grow from. In fact, the other day on a podcast, I was listening to uh, this guy talk and he said something that was so profound. I think his name is Pat Flynn. And it was on um, the Christy Wright show podcast. And he said, you know, you're only ever going to get two outcomes or two results. You're either going to get the result that you wanted or you're going to learn. And I just thought that that was such a good way of looking at it. I think so often we kind of attach so much identity and so much, you know, heaviness and value on results that we sort of look at anything other than that as a complete failure. So that was a little bit of a side tangent, but I just want you to be really mindful, I guess, or to really think about, you know, all those places in your life where maybe you feel like you've made mistakes or you made failures that you just wish like, man, I, I just wish that that didn't happen. I just want to encourage you to kind of lean into those things and just see like what lessons are there for you to learn or what good things potentially came out of that, right? And maybe just don't be so quick to try to excuse those. So let's get this train back on the tracks. So training for those shows really did push me to the edge of what I thought I was capable of doing physically, um, but probably more so mentally and I would even say emotionally. I remember setting the goal initially just thinking I wanted to see if I could stick with this for the next 12 weeks. You know, this workout routine, um, this way of eating. I really just wanted to see if I had it in me to get on stage. And it was during this time of prep that I would say that my orthorexic tendencies heightened. And so um, that is basically, you know, kind of what I want to talk about today is kind of orthorexia um, from a really high level. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty of it, but really, you know, orthorexic tendencies for myself had heightened. I became so obsessed with, you know, super clean eating in air quotes here, um, except for the cheat days, right? Which um, if you are kind of still in that diet mentality, then you might still be experiencing this where maybe it's not, you know, a whole cheat day. Maybe it's like a cheat meal or, um, you know, maybe it's like the weekend eating or the, the late night overeating and things like that. And so it's just really is that mindset of like, I've been so good and now I deserve this or I've earned this. But even when you think about like calling it a cheat meal or a cheat day, it feels like you're doing something inherently wrong, right? So let me back up and explain what orthorexia is. So one definition that I found describes it as an eating disorder characterized by having an unsafe obsession with healthy food, an obsession with healthy dieting and consuming only quote unquote pure foods or quote unquote clean foods becomes deeply rooted in the individual's way of thinking to the point that it interferes with their daily life. So the last time I had checked, I didn't know that this was actually a, um, not a registered, but an actual eating disorder. I knew that they were kind of talking about putting it in with anorexia, bulimia, things like that. But really, it is like a super disordered way of behaving with food. And the part that I love about this, so like you might look and think, man, I'm not super obsessed with this, right? And maybe you're not as obsessed as I became with healthy eating or working out and, you know, eating super clean or eating, you know, these good foods. But what I like about it, and this is what I think that maybe you will be able to resonate with, is that whether it's food, whether it's exercise, whether it's calories, macros, whatever form of food that you're tracking or counting, your weight, your body, it becomes deeply rooted in the individual's way of thinking to the point that it interferes with their daily life. 
that is profound. That is heavy. That is huge. I know from coaching my clients, I know from talking to hundreds of other women, thoughts about food and their weight and their body weigh heavily on them day in and day out. And even in those moments where it doesn't seem like it's that thing that's forefront of your mind, it's not running around your conscious mind, it is likely still subconsciously taking up so much time and energy. So I want you to just think about that. Like, I'm not saying that you are orthorexic or that you need to go get diagnosed, you know, with this or with any other eating disorder, but I just want you to think about how much time and energy you're currently spending thinking about food, exercise, your body, your weight, body checking, all of those things, right? And you want to just be onto yourself of if this is interfering with your daily life in any way, shape, or form. So the tricky thing here, though, is that there is a lot of fear in the marketing messages that we see and that we're getting from the health and fitness industry, from our doctors and the medical community, and even from what some have coined the wellness diet, which is essentially um, in the reading that I've done on this, it was kind of like the diet industry or diet culture realized that people weren't really latching on to this idea of losing weight, right? Like people did kind of become a little bit savvy to, I don't have to lose weight in order to be healthy. And so they switched essentially the the marketing message of lose weight to be healthy, right? To this idea of wellness. And so it's really interesting to kind of look at the landscape of how the messaging has changed. And you might still see like the weight loss message being marketed and touted out there. But I think a lot more we do see that emphasis on, you know, wellness and being super healthy and, you know, kind of this height, this picture of what, you know, beauty and health looks like instead of it being necessarily associated with skinny or thinner bodies, which it still likely is, it's more kind of looking at these behaviors, right? Of like only eating certain foods and, you know, working out every day for a certain amount of time. So that is something that's super interesting. And maybe we'll do another topic or another show on the wellness diet and kind of diet culture history, because I find that super interesting. And you probably will find it a little bit interesting as well. And it will give you a little bit of insight as well as to why you likely do the things that you do or what is kind of a deeper motivation for you. So now I want to say, you know, there's definitely nothing wrong with wanting to be healthy and fit and strong. And that's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm a huge advocate for that. Like, I want you to be living your healthiest, fittest, strongest life. We just want to kind of keep it in check and see if the behavior that we're taking is sort of crossing that subtle line of, you know, being healthy and kind of for us to being sort of in that unhealthy space and maybe something that we're doing to our bodies or, that we're kind of doing against our bodies, if that makes sense. So I will give you guys some questions to help you explore where you're currently at, as well as some practical steps to help you if you're sort of struggling in this area in just a few minutes. So just hang tight for that. So kind of back to, you know, my personal experience with this, for me, this really started when I started down the trail of clean eating, which was even before my competing days. I remember, I think it was around the time I was running, um, getting into marathons and really latched on to this idea of clean eating. And I remember reading different books kind of by that same name. And it really did seem like it was this honest desire to eat healthy and to only pick the best foods for my family and myself. But I definitely can see, and this is where they say hindsight is twenty twenty, that I got 
carried away with that. The decisions around food were deeply rooted in a fear that if we didn't eat as quote unquote clean as possible, that we would be unhealthy or that we would get sick, right? There was so much fear around diabetes and hypertension and all of these things. And I don't want to minimize that those are real things that are happening for people. But I think that that was kind of the messaging that got me, right? It was like, oh my gosh, well, if I feed my kids this, or if we're not eating like this, then they're automatically going to be unhealthy. And there was a lot of fear in that. And I had somehow attached, you know, this idea of what I was feeding my kids to whether I was even being a good mom or not. So if you're a new mom, just kind of notice and be aware of that or just notice if your kids are a little bit older, kind of where that's showing up or how that's kind of showing up for you, um, maybe around food or even tech time or different things like that. So as a first time mom near the start of all of this kind of orthorexic, overly healthy, obsessed behavior, I bet you can easily relate to wanting to do it all right. Like I just wanted to do it all right. And I think especially with my personal background with my own mom, it was like I felt like there were so many things that she in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, she did this wrong. She made these mistakes. I don't want to repeat these things. So it was, maybe it's almost like I was like overly correcting that. So I think, you know, having the fear around wanting to be a good mom, first time mom, all of those things, I think that that really did just kind of exacerbate and kind of blow up the fear around certain foods, not being good foods to feed my kids or to feed myself. And I realized that what I am sharing, like my own personal journey, is likely an extreme case of healthy eating. And perhaps maybe you haven't gone as far as I did to sort of weed out everything in your house that didn't have ingredients that you could read or that you could recognize. However, I think that this message around, you know, fear around certain foods and gaining weight are everywhere and they are overt. And I see just kind of that fear bubble up in the clients that I work with that, It's like there's just so much fear around this that that's almost kind of causing a lot of the problems or a lot of the issues that we have around food and exercise and our bodies. In fact, I think that it is almost that same kind of fear that often drives people to attempt weight loss using extreme and unhealthy means. Now, I'm all about being mindful about the foods that we're eating and consuming and having a variety of foods is definitely important. But this means that even some of the foods might be deemed as, quote unquote, unhealthy from time to time. Right. It's not like you can never eat that stuff again or that you have to eat it all the time. And I think when we get into this like good food versus bad food or making our decisions around food based on fear, we tend to kind of oscillate between those two extremes rather than finding kind of this middle ground that feels balanced and feels sort of healthy for us from the physical place, but also the mental and the emotional space as well. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think that it is so much less about the actions that you're taking around food or exercise or your body and so much more about the heart and the intention and kind of the underlying emotion that is driving those actions for you. You can be mindful of what you're eating from a place of fear, which tends to create food rules, deprivation, and restriction, or you can be mindful of the food choices you're making from a place of food neutrality, which just means that you're not looking at foods as good or bad, but simply just as food. You're making your food choices because you love your body and you want to care for it rather than hating it or disliking it and feeling like you need to fix it. 
The latter tends to create feelings of freedom, lightness, and peace, whereas I definitely have seen from my own experience as well as with my clients that the former creates so much anxiety, guilt, and perhaps even shame, whether that's around food, um, something that you ate, something that you didn't eat, skipping a workout, maybe not working out as long as you thought that you should, or just feeling like super bad about your body and feeling like it's somehow wrong. I think a lot of this really does come back to moderation, mindfulness, and just intentional food choices. At its very core, when we become too obsessed or worried or anxious about the food that we're eating, the calories that we are or are not burning, the weight that's lost or gained, we're kind of teetering on the edge of that unhealthy or toxic relationship with food, exercise, and our bodies. So remember, it kind of goes back to the proportion that you're, of your time and your energy that you're spending thinking about these different things and how is that interfering with the rest of your life. Keeping in mind that we're never going to create a healthy lifestyle or a healthy body from that place of toxic relationship with food, exercise, and ourselves. Some things that you might want to check in on. So these would be those journaling prompts. I'm a huge fan of journaling. Uh, I just think it's such a great way for you to kind of get into your own mind and see what's happening and really start to understand yourself. So some prompts that you could use if you're wanting to explore this a little bit more. Am I currently afraid of gaining weight? Why or why not? Is weight loss kind of the end all be all? And are you feeling like you're willing to basically do whatever it takes to get there? Again, you could always follow these up with a why or a why not. Um, That really will just kind of help you dive a little bit deeper. And you can even just kind of sit with one of these questions. So answer it the first time, ask yourself why, answer it again, ask yourself why, and do that, you know, three to five to seven times for each of these questions. And you're going to really start to uncover some of that deeper stuff that's happening maybe on a subconscious level that you're not even aware of. How do I currently make my food choices? Are there any foods that I'm afraid to eat? Again, why am I afraid to eat this? Or why don't I eat this? What spoken or unspoken food rules are you currently living by? Are those food rules overall helping you or hindering you? How much time do I currently spend thinking about food, my weight, my body, calories, exercise, etc.? What areas of my life am I missing out on because of this? I think that that, you know, those last two questions are going to be huge eye openers potentially and really just kind of help you see like what's going on, where you're giving your energy to, your power to. And then you can decide, you know, is that something that you want to keep doing? Is that the road that you want to keep going down? Or do you want to start to do things a little bit differently? So those are some journal prompts to kind of get you started, get you exploring what is going on for you. And here are some practical things that you can implement starting today to kind of start to move you into that place of food neutrality and body neutrality. So you can practice removing the labels of good and bad from food. Now, I didn't realize how many of these I actually had until I realized how many of these I actually had. And just be on to yourself, just start even to kind of notice like when you're labeling something as, you know, well, this is good or this is bad or, um, you know, I shouldn't eat this. Just any of those kinds of things is just some good opportunities for you to kind of get on to yourself see sort of what's happening and start to see, you know, all of these different labels or rules that you have. So removing the labels of food, um, good and bad, 
practice removing the labels of good and bad bodies. Now, you probably don't even know that you have these, but chances are, you know, if you're looking at your body and it doesn't look the way that you think it should look in order to be fit or healthy, there's a chance that you might be looking at your body as being this quote unquote bad body, right? But what if all bodies were good bodies because they were created, because they are, because they exist, right? So that's something to even just kind of explore and play with. Notice if you're kind of judging your body against other people's or judging other people's bodies, all of those kinds of things, just really good to be aware of. These could be really subtle at first, you know, those good or bad foods or good or bad bodies. So just notice when you're looking at different bodies or food or your own and how you start to feel about it, how you feel about the food, about the body. Watch for thoughts that would indicate a quote unquote good body or a bad body. So just really start to be aware of that. Notice your feelings after eating certain foods. Does guilt come up? Does frustration? Do you feel especially good if you ordered the salad at dinner instead of the pizza that you really wanted? That's just another indication that you're still kind of categorizing certain foods as good or bad. And that's what's kind of driving your decisions around food rather than making those decisions from a really intentional, mindful, present, and empowered place remove the food rules. So I think one of the prompts earlier was to jot down all of the food rules that you have. You know, for some people, it's like you don't eat carbs after six or you don't eat dinner after six or, um, you know, I'm only going to eat three times a day or, you know, whatever it is, or we don't eat this or we only eat this. So just notice what food rules you have for yourself and remove those. Now, this one can be a little bit scary at first, so maybe you just play around with one of your food rules at a time. Maybe you look at that list and you pick kind of the one that seems the easiest to sort of let go of. But it's like once you give yourself full mental, physical, and emotional permission to eat whatever you want, knowing that none of those foods are bad, none of those foods are off limit, it's almost like you don't want those foods anymore even if they seemed like super desirable. I know that seems so weird, but I used to like love chips and they were something that were super restricted. I, you know, rarely ever let myself eat them. And what that created for me is that when I would eat them, I couldn't just have a few. It was like there was this overarching urge and desire to just keep eating the chips. The interesting thing is the more that I have done this work, the less desirable chips are. In fact, we can have a bag and leave them unopened for maybe a week, or we can have a bag and they get opened. And, you know, I end up throwing out the bag before we finish it. So just noticing and I guess just recognizing that you're not always going to have that compulsion to eat foods. And it's like the more that you actually start to remove the deprivation and the restriction, the less urge and desire you're going to feel for it. Last, really start to think about the relationship that you want to have with food, exercise, and your body. And now when I say relationship, that's really just different thoughts. Like, what do you want to think about food or exercise or your body or your weight? If you could snap your fingers, how would you want food and exercise to feel? Would it feel easy? Would it feel doable? Do you want to feel committed when you're, you know, thinking about your exercise? What is that for you? How would you want to feel about your body right now? And what would you want to think about it? When you're thinking and feeling that way about yourself, how do you act toward your body and food and exercise? 
So this is something that I think a lot of people just kind of bypass. We just think that, well, if I was that certain size or that weight, or if my body looked this way, then I would feel, you know, whatever. I'd feel confident. I would feel good in my skin, good in my body. But the reality is, is that no matter what your body looks like, no matter what shape or size or weight that it is, if you don't clean up your thinking around it, you're going to think the same exact things about your body and exercise and food then as you do now. In fact, then it'll probably just be magnetized. So that's where it's really important that as you're making lifestyle, you know, behavior changes, that you are also kind of cleaning up the mental and the emotional stuff as well. So how do you want to think and feel about your body right now? When you imagine yourself thinking and feeling that way about yourself now, how would you act towards your body and you know, how would you behave with food and exercise? What do you think would be different for you about the way that you show up in your life? Now that is huge, right? Because again, if this is something that is clouding your life and you're spending so much time and energy thinking about it, what would be different about the way that you were showing up if you didn't have to think about this anymore? I understand. I realize I gave you a lot to consider today and a lot to think about. Now, one caveat I want to give, one thing I really want to make sure that I highlight here is that if you have a history of an eating disorder or suspect that perhaps you've had one that has gone undiagnosed, you're going to want to find a therapist or an eating disorder specialist that can help you recover from that, right? This is definitely not intended to take the place of you getting the help that maybe you need. And there is definitely no weakness in needing or asking for help in this area. I I do feel like that's something that could create so much shame and so much guilt, but I just want to let you know that we can just let all of that go and let's just get the help that we need. So go back through those journaling prompts. It's going to be so helpful for you to learn more about yourself and how you interact with food and exercise, how you're thinking about your body right now. And it's going to be paramount in helping you make the changes that you want to make in this area of your life that will then kind of bleed out into the rest of of your life as well. Now, listen, if any of this resonated with you today and you're like, yeah, I am struggling in this area and I've tried so much, I just don't know how to get out of it or what to do. I got you. I have been there. I know exactly what you're walking through and I can help. This is in fact the exact thing that I help my clients with in a one-to-one setting. You can get the results that you're after and I'm here to help. So if you're ready today, I want you to email alicia at aliciacarlson.com to get started. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me. I want to let you know that freedom from the scale, freedom from all the food, fear, all of that kind of stuff is right around the corner for you. And it is waiting for you on the other side. Have an awesome day. And I'll talk to you again next week.